Welcome back to a very, very exciting new episode of the Dauntless Real Estate Podcast. Now, today we're talking about a topic that's pretty important, something that you may come across, you certainly will come across at some point as a real estate investor, CCNRs. So what are CCNRs? They are covenants, conditions, and restrictions, and they are used to govern a piece of property that has multiple owners. So we're going to go over a case study, shed some light on some wisdom, how we got a deal done that ended up being very successful, and see what we can learn together. But before we do that, let's let some wisdom from the book of Proverbs guide our steps here as we discuss this. So this is coming out of Proverbs 16, verses 23, 24. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So the reason why that's important is because CCNRs are, are, is a document that incorporates a bunch of different property owners into one document. Now, this is usually done when a property is built or developed, the developer with the help of the main anchor, the main tenant of the main building, will develop CCNRs in order to protect the property owners and protect their big money-making tenants. So before we go any further, a little backstory. This was a very large big box store that was probably about 50 or 60 years old. It was around 100,000 square feet, which is insane to think about an old Kmart or an old store like that being so big. I mean, you'd walk into this thing and you can just imagine it full of clothes and full of retail items. I, I can't believe it was that big. But nonetheless, it was empty and it had been empty for a very long time and it was for sale. So we had a plan on purchasing the property, which was about nine acres rehabbing the building into a self-storage facility and then adding some square footage on the sides and then parceling out the parking lot because we had a massive parking lot and we wanted to parcel it out, create a little pad, sell it to an auto shop or a discount tire or something like that. So when we got the property, we put an offer in, we were going back and forth on the contract and I had my title representative from Chicago Title is very helpful. They would always kind of give me a hookup on getting documents before the actual title report, all the Schedule B items were listed. So I called them up and I said, hey, you know, can you can you search this property and let me know if there are any CCNRs or REAs on the property that I need to know about? Because you know, you don't want to spend four or five thousand dollars on an attorney and then realize that you can't do the deal once you're under contract and then you know you break out of escrow and you get your your earnest money back but you've lost some due diligence money you've lost some money paying for legal fees and not to mention all the time so the earlier you can get this stuff the better so that being said i got a copy of the ccnrs which were about 50 years old you could barely read them they were probably scanned in to the recorder's office on the world's first scanner it was terrible quality and there are about 70 pages. So, you know, you can imagine having to sift through that it took a very long time because you could not only not only could you hardly read it, but 
they were so long and litigious. It was just pain in the butt. But here's what we found out. We found out within the CCNRs that they had restrictions on uses. They had restrictions on the square footage of the parcel that we were going to buy and restrictions on whether or not there could be a second story added to the building or mezzanine structure, as they would, they would call it. And there's also a restriction on the property, the building footprint boundary line. So there was an exhibit that said, this building is 100,000 square feet. Here are the edges of the building, and it cannot go any further than these lines. So you, you can't expand it. Now, I don't know why those were in there, but at some point it made sense to do that. So they did it. So we had to change them. We had to amend the CCNRs. Now, anytime you do that, you have to get everyone who is in them, every property owner that is in the CCNRs, to oblige. They have to approve it. And so we had four different property owners that had to approve our changes and basically approve our development because we had to change, we had to allow our use for self-storage, we had to change square footage and all the other stuff. So we had a McDonald's, big corporation. There was a tire auto shop that was owned by a private equity group. So they owned the actual property in the building and then they, they leased it to this tire and auto shop, which is a common thing to do. Then there was a, there were two st small strip malls, strip centers. One was owned by a doctor and one was owned by a woman, just someone from California. Now, you can imagine what it would be like to not only get everyone to approve what you want to do, but we had to get them to approve all on the same language. We had to get them to sign the document and record it and get it to us. And we had to do all this within a relatively small amount of time because we had to know whether or not we had a deal. So we had about two or three months of due diligence, and then we knew we were going to have to amend these CCNRs, so we gave us some additional time, and the, the seller obliged us, and we had to have time to rezone it or to get our, our permit, which was basically going to be a full rezone case. So there's a lot of moving parts. It was basically a deal from hell. I don't know, looking back at it, I don't know why we said yes to it, because the odds were stacked against us, but we ended up getting it done. So we had McDonald's, mega corporation. You can imagine what their legal team is like. Surprisingly, they were very helpful, and I was able to Google search, connect some dots, and find the person who I needed to reach out to, and they were relatively... Um, simple to work with. They let us know what we needed. I created some exhibits of what we want, what we wanted and some changes. And our attorney drafted the amendment to the CCNRs. And of course they had a bunch of changes and went back and forth and back and forth, but they were pretty easy to work with. The private equity firm who owned the auto shop, they were okay. We had to deal with their legal team and we had to pay their legal fees. They were okay. The two hardest people were these private owners, this doctor and this woman from California. Now, when you're a developer and you're coming in, you know, McDonald's gets it. They're a real estate company. They have real estate attorneys. They have real estate managers. They understand how it works. The private equity company, 
same thing. You know, they're just looking to protect their interest. I don't really think they care about much else other than protecting their interest in their property and then continuing to make money. But these two private owners, these are just normal citizens that, you know, maybe who knows how they got into real estate. And so we had to convince them. And the reason why we discussed that proverb in the beginning is we had to persuade them to see this piece of real estate like we did. And it was very difficult. And they were the reasons why it took so long and why it was up in the air for so long. Because I basically got a general yes from both the other companies, McDonald's and the private equity firm. The people were hard. So I had to convince this doctor that we actually were going to benefit him by improving this shopping center and bringing more traffic in. And you can imagine a doctor, you know, those guys are busy. They're, they have cases all day. The idea of managing or reading through a legal document for a property that probably makes them, I don't know, three or four grand a month maybe. And to do it on a timely basis and not just completely pull the plug is really difficult. And this guy was difficult, trust me. We all know people like that that just kind of make your life hell for no reason. And I hate to say it, but he kind of did that. So we ended up getting him on board and we had to really persuade him and convince him that we were not the bad guy and that we had to actually, or we were going to actually help him. So the problem with this whole dynamic is that when we have language with the McDonald's that works for them, then that language goes over to the attorneys of the private equity firm. And then they mark that up. And then it has to go back to McDonald's. And then once they agree on their changes, then it has to go back to this doctor. And then it has to, then that has to go back to this other woman property owner from California. So you can see how hard this is, this dynamic. And you really have to project manage this thing and see it through and convince people. Because when are you going to get everyone on a, on a conference call to discuss things? Never. And so... Working through the legality of this stuff with McDonald's and this private equity company, I had to go and persuade and convince these other private property owners to agree and sign the document. So the woman, who we haven't talked about yet, she, I don't even know that she knew that she owned the property. (laughs) When we finally got a hold of her, I had to Google search and connect dots and find this woman and search through LLC docs and all this stuff to find who this was. And I actually wrote her a letter, believe it or not, because I couldn't find her phone number. So I write her a letter and I get an email from her. And it just goes to show you that writing is still important. But she finally got a hold of us and we got a hold of her and we were able to, to work through this stuff. But she didn't want to work with us. She wanted her son to deal with it with us. So now I had to convince her son that not only were we not going to screw them in any way, but that we were just going to help them, get them to buy off on our plan. Then he had to convince his mom. I mean, it's like a it's like a sitcom, right? You have all these people who are trying to convince other people and a mom and a son and a doctor and this and that and the other. And it took a lot of humanity to get this done. We discussed the ability to be persuasive and add sweetness to your to your words because regardless of what you're doing whether it's your family whether it's your business 
being persuasive and letting your words be affirmative towards other people is very important. So keep that in mind as you're going throughout your week to do things like that. It's how things get done. It really is. So to wrap up this story, we got everyone to sign the document. And it was an act of God, I have to say, because dealing with all these people and trying to get them to agree on one document was very, very difficult. And to do it in a timely manner was even more difficult because we didn't want to spend all this money on submitting zoning documents and getting our architects and engineers on board if we didn't know we had a deal. So we ended up getting all the property owners to sign and the amendment to the CCNRs was done and it was signed and recorded. And we were able to increase the square footage of the building. We were able to pad out the parking lot and we were able to expand the building footprint and also add a mezzanine. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to, to discuss on these CCNRs. There can be a lot of ambiguity in them. And that is, you do not want gray area in any legal issue. So you could say that self-storage, which is what we were going to convert the building to, was not a listed use in this document. It was not an approved written use. But it also wasn't explicitly unapproved. It was not mentioned. Ambiguity like that can be really, really bad. Because let's just say, let's say that the private equity firm sells their auto shop to someone else. And let's just say that group, for whatever reason, doesn't want storage. Or they're very litigious and they do kind of hostile takeover type measures. And they'd sue us as the property owner because... Well, the CCNRs don't allow our use. Now, what would happen in that case? They would they would probably lose, you know, but who knows? Maybe they have a legal argument against it. Maybe they, they know something that we don't. There are people like that. And so you have to get these things squared away. Do not let CCNRs remain ambiguous to what your plan with the property is. If you want a use, it needs to be in them. If you want certain aspects changed, they have to be specific. It's worth going the extra mile to do that. Now, some of you may disagree, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you want property that is going to be there forever and be legally unchallenged by anyone. And there are all sorts of weird things that happen. You know, if you go back 50, 60 years to when this property was originally developed, I I don't even know if self-storage existed back then. To think that the, the person who was developing a big box store could think that there was gonna, at some point going to be a self-storage property converting that building into storage would probably be mind-boggling. So you never know what's going to happen in the next 40 years. And so when you have ambiguous points in your deal, it can be really damning in the future. And we want to get those things taken care of. And lastly, as we close up here, I went out of my way to convey important information to each property owner. So what McDonald's cares about is not the same that the private property owner from California, the woman cared about. And it's not what the private equity firm cared about. And so when you're writing or you're speaking to someone, you have to know your audience. Go in there with a plan. McDonald's, the only thing they care about is their property rights 
their signage rights, making sure those golden arches are flying high and that they can sell burgers. They have their business plan and there is not going to be anything that restricts their business plan. And so don't threaten it. Think about that as you're speaking to them. Make sure that you know what know how they're going to perceive your requests and, and then make your requests accordingly. Same thing with these with the private equity owner. You know, they care about a certain set of items and we have to as as negotiators and developers, we have to work around those things. So know your audience, write to your audience, speak to your audience, be flattering with your speech. Don't bulldoze people and make sure that you don't leave ambiguity within any legal document that you have on your property. Be specific, protect yourself and always do what's right.